Everybody come to honor the Lord tonight. This is your brother in Christ, Sean. Excuse me, this is your brother in Christ, Brother D, with another Generational Changes official podcast. I'm over here thinking I'm on TikTok. But anyways, to God be the glory, how are you guys doing over here on Facebook land and audio land? Of course, this is your brother in Christ. I pray that you guys can see the lighting um, well, um, I pray you can. I hope you can. I think that's a little bit better. Um, amen. I want to put too much emphasis on the light. Um, as you guys can see <laughs> virtually, um, YouTube, I have got rid of the extension lock, so I'm back to my hair and it has grown. Um, but we're not here to talk about none of that. Um, so, are you guys ready? I know I said that we was going to be doing this um, teaching at 9 p.m. tonight because I've been changing the times. And y'all, please forgive me for that. But since I wasn't doing anything, I said, let me just go ahead and just do this teaching right here, right now. Amen. Go ahead and do it right here and right now. There we go. That's much better had to back that up but anyway let's get into it i pray that you guys had a blessed thanksgiving i pray that you guys had a blessed um first beginners of the holidays um you know i always say that christmas is one of my favorites because i love everything about christmas everything about it everything um of course family the christmas music the decorations I'm praying one day that God will allow us to see a white Christmas. That's my prayer. But anyways, let's get into tonight's discussion. As you guys know, we're continuing with the series, A Powerless Church. I started off, I believe, I started on this series. Either it was Monday or Tuesday. I started on it. And we're doing part two of the series. And then, of course, tomorrow, I believe at 7 o'clock, um, I'm going to have a good brother of mine. You all know him. Um, he's been on podcasts with me a couple of times. He's going to come on and he's also going to teach um, concerning this topic. Um, amen. So um, let me share with you guys. Um, so yesterday as I was at work, um, the father gave me a new revelation concerning this topic. And the father wanted me to mainly talk about um, prayer life, Christian lifestyle, church family and families, um, the difference 
between powerless church and powerful church. So these are the things, these are the topics that I'm going to be talking about on today. Of course, we're coming from the same scriptures. I'm not going to go into the theme scripture because we already know the theme scripture. So I'm not going to go into that. Um, So yeah, let's pray real quickly. And after that, we're going to zoom on in to the topic. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for your word that's sharper than two-edged sword. Lord God, I thank you, Lord God, for, Lord God, what you're going to say, what you're going to reveal, the revelation that's going to come out of everything we talk about. Lord God, I just ask that you would have your way. Father God, I pray in the name of Jesus that no backlash or retaliation, Lord God, will come out of us in the name of Jesus. I cover my job, Lord God, in your blood right now in the name of Jesus that nothing negative or bad will, Lord God, come out of that situation family, friends, whatever it is, Father God, I release the blood of Jesus over that now that I will not receive any backlash or retaliation from any of those areas in the name of Jesus, Father God. Lord God, I pray, Lord God, that we, your sons and daughters, will hear your word. Lord God, and we'll be doers of your word in the name of Jesus, Father. And Father, before I go further into into not only receiving your word, but by, you know, teaching your word, I repent of my sins in the name of Jesus, Lord God, that you will forgive me of every sin that I have committed thus far, Lord God, because I fall short of the glory of the Lord. So, Father, I give you glory, I give you praise, and I give you honor. And it's in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen, amen. Um, so, um, like I said, we're going to talk about these three, well, not even three, probably um, four areas. Um, but like I was saying in the last podcast episode that we did, that we basically have like people that are that that practice other religious beliefs, false religious belief, if we can say, for such a long period of time and see what I think the Lord is allowing, what I think the Father is allowing, he's even allowing those that worship other gods, he's allowing them to see, you know, what's really going on. Because we're living in prophecy right now. We're living in the last days right now. The end has not come yet, but it's soon to come because, of course, the return of Jesus Christ is coming and is coming. And we got to be ready. But we're living in the last days. You know what the word said about the last days? That in the last days, you know, we will hear rumors and we of wars. And we will also see wars. And as you guys are seeing, we are seeing wars as it is. You know, we're seeing, you know, um, um, viruses. We're seeing pandemics. We're, we're seeing all of these things come to pass. Because God's word said it, and if God's word said it, then it is so. And it will come to pass, and it shall come to pass. It is. And the thing is, in this time, in this demonstration that we're living in, the church should have no business of being a powerless body of Christ. Like, we're saying that we have prayer warriors who has this newer level of prayer, but they're sleeping on the job. You know, I remember one day I was out doing outreach with this um, outreach um, 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 ministry called Revive Us. It's a powerful ministry. And we were doing outreach. And even though I was, you know, a little intimidated by going up and asking people to pray, I still went up with the boldness of the Lord and asking to pray, and a lot of people would say that I don't have any prayer requests. There is so much to pray for, people of God. So much to pray for. So much. And even if you don't have any prayer requests concerning yourself, which you always will need prayer requests concerning yourself, because you never know when you're going to go through something again. You could solicit prayer requests for your families, for your children. Um, um, uh, for this upcoming school year, for the President of the United States, there's so much to pray for. So much. So we shouldn't have people going around saying that I don't have anything to pray for when there is so much to pray for. But I think 
what the enemy has done, and he's done this so well, is he has put blinders on people to where they can't really see what's going on. I promise you that those that worship Satan, those that worship the enemy, I, I, I tell you, if God was to allow them to really see what they were doing, what they were entertaining, and what they were agreeing with, they would run so quick from the Illuminati, from Satanism. And as you can see, we have these people who have been um, 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 Satanists for such a long period of time, really most of their lives. They've been in the Illuminati for most of their lives. And now you have these people running to Jesus. They're running because they're tired of it. And half of them, they don't even like being in the Illuminati. They just feel like there's no hope for them, so... They feel like they might well just stay in the Illuminati when there is hope. There is hope. What the enemy does is he makes you think that there is no hope, that God won't use you because you made this decision. But the devil is a liar. If God can deliver a warlock, if God can deliver a high priest, if God can deliver someone who's been doing witchcraft for a long time, he can deliver you. Don't believe the lies of the enemy. Don't. He can deliver you. But you have these people who want deliverance, want healing, but when they come to a church, they're seen as once a, a, a Satanist, always a Satanist, and that's not true. God has saved so many Satanists, so many witches, so many warlocks. And then at the same token, you can't sit here and say anything bad about them because if you want to be honest, half of the church churches, plural, are filled with witches, are filled with warlocks, are filled with wizards, who are, you think they're praying against the the, 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 the devil's operations, but in reality, they're praying for it, and then we don't have no one in the church that's discerning their tongues, that's discerning what they're praying for, because people are so with the Sinatralas. And then you have pastors who are praying witchcraft behind the pulpit regardless. And they want to mention the name of Jesus. That's a sin. And that is a sin. God desires for us. And I'm talking to the intercessors as I'm getting ready to walk into the prayer lifestyle. He is wanting us as intercessors because I'm an intercessor. He wants us to walk in a greater level of intercession, in a greater mantle of intercession. He wants us to. He wants us to experience greater. He wants us to experience the powerful, authentic move of God. And he's causing some of us to be prophetic intercessors. To where when we're praying in the spirit, we can sense. We can become so sensitive in the spirit of God. So sensitive in the spirit of the Lord. But none of us can't get to that place because we are so focused on what we got going on in our life. We're sleeping on the job. And we're not praying consistently. We're not. We're not praying consistently. We're not being these intercessors that God has called us and have destined us to be. We're sleep. We're too tired. Y'all think that working these 12-hour jobs is good when it's keeping you from spending time with the Lord. You're working 12 hours at a job. You don't even have time to go home and spend with God. To know Him is to love Him. To love Him is to make sure that you spend time with God. In my book, and I could be wrong, but in my book, If you give something else more attention than you're giving the Lord, that is adultery. If you're giving your future husband, or you're giving your future wife, or you're giving your boyfriend or your girlfriend, or your boss, or anybody else, or a friend more attention than you're giving God, that is adultery. Yes, God has placed you at that job to be a blessing to people. But in order for you to go to that job, to minister to people, you have to be in the presence of God. 
So I ask you in this time and in this moment, how often for those of you that work 12 hour jobs, for those of you that work late at night, how often do you spend time with the father? Mine is how often you be at work. Because even if you're not going to church because you're at work, you should at least set some time to spend with the Father to hear what the Father is saying. Let me, let me, let me give you some knowledge, okay, and some truth. Listen to me well. Just because you go to church every Sunday, and I'm not saying don't go to church. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. So let's not go there. Still go to church. Still go to church. But even if you're not going to church, still still spend some time with the Father. Still spend some time with the Lord. Still do it. Still spend some time with the Father. Still spend some time with the Lord. Still do so. Because you need, you get your strength from the Lord, not from energy, not from your leaders, not from your, 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 your spouse. You get it from the Lord. It's important that we, as people of God, spend time in the presence of God. It's important. Very important that we spend time in the presence of God. It is. And see, what the enemy has done is as soon as we get a good many hours and we see a good much of money coming into our account, we feel like this is the will of the Father. And, I mean, of course, the Father does not want you to live in poverty. Of course, he does not. But he doesn't want you to forget about him. He doesn't want you to, to, spend, to forget about spending time with him. Because spending time with the Lord is very important. You cannot let the system keep you from your time with the Father. You cannot let a future husband or a future wife, your children. What does the Bible say? Nothing shall separate me from the love of Jesus Christ. Nothing. Nothing. Because at the end of the day, when the day of the Lord cometh, you're going to be questioned for what God has placed in you. Your boyfriend, your husband, your girlfriend, your wife, your children, your boss, none of these people can get you into heaven. None of these people can get you into heaven. Now is the time for the intercessors to rise. Because going to church alone ain't going to get you into heaven. Giving tithe ain't going to just get you into heaven. Worship and praise and, 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 and prayer alone won't just get you into heaven. It is how you're living. It is the fruit. That's why the fruits of the Spirit, which is recorded in Galatians 5, 22 and 23, go read, the, go read those at your leisure. Those are important. Because when God comes back, he's looking for his fruit. God can care less if you can speak in tongues. God can care less if you shout. God can care less about how many demons you cast out. Yes, those things are good, but he's coming back for his fruit. Did you do what God has commissioned you to do? Don't just go around calling yourself a Christian. Now, in days, everybody's a Christian. Everybody's in love with God. Everybody has a relationship with the Father. And that's a lie. Not everybody that goes to church knows God. Not everybody that has a relationship with the... Uh, not everybody that, that, that quote, oh, quote, said they have a relationship with the Father has a real relationship with the Father. I remember watching this powerful woman of God. Pastor Smith, Savon Smith, she was saying, I was watching a uh, sermon of hers this morning when she was saying, you can't serve two masters. You can't serve your job and God. You can't serve your boyfriend and God. You can't serve your wife and God. 
Not saying hate them, but we tend to make humans. We tend to make authority over us. We tend to make a job that we work for that gives us the the, the financial supplies that we need. We tend to make those idols. We're committing adultery for crying out loud. We're not spending time in the presence of God. We're not going to church and getting refilled again. Instead, we're at these nine to five jobs and we are either gossiping, which is a sin, ready to beat somebody up, which ain't right. We got to put on our what would Jesus do caps. What would Jesus say caps? How would Jesus respond? Because remember, even though we're in this fleshly body 24-7, we are supposed to operate by the spirit and not by the flesh. Because of who we are and who we belong to. Trust me, as I am ministering this, this to you and telling you this, I'm telling this to myself. Because I'm in the wrong as well. We have to have a prayer life. What does the Bible say? The Bible says pray without ceasing. That means continuously praying. Continuously praying. Because you are God's intercessors. Not only are you God's ambassadors, but you are God's intercessors. But there's a lot of people in the body of Christ, especially those that call themselves children of God, that does not know the power of prayer and what the power of prayer can do, nor do they know that they're intercessors, called by God to do a work for God. You're not just on this planet to get to find you another boot thing. You're on this planet to do what God has called you to be. Has God called you to be alone and by yourself? No. He has placed someone in your life to so that you can do purpose with, but until that person comes in your life, you need to do what God has called and has commissioned you to do in this time because time is running out. Back then it was take your time but still be on the fence. Now time is running out. Things are not the way it used to be anymore. And we're seeing signs daily. We as intercessors, we as prayer warriors need to be on our knees praying, interceding, crying out to God, moaning and groaning, fasting and praying. If your children is on drugs, pray for them. Don't talk down about them. And we're going to get in that next. Because that's the next point I want to hit. But I want to stay in the prayer life because we lifestyle because we really need to understand. I'm, and I remember this so, so profoundly. Last night, the father showed me a dream. For the last couple, for, for not, I ain't even going to say for the last couple of years, but since I became a child of God, and even before I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, he would show me dreams. This is one of the ways, because remember I told y'all, one of my gifts is dreams and visions. Um, and the Lord, God, God would show me dreams at a young age. Didn't understand that these were spiritual encounters until now. I understand that. But I remember as far as long as I've known, God has showed me through dreams and visions the power and the significance of what prayer can do. There is power, great power in prayer. But the church don't know that. They really don't. Only those that are consistent in prayer knows that. Intercessors don't even know how powerful their prayer is. Only those that are consistently praying knows how powerful their prayer is. And then we doubt how powerful our prayers are. Because if we don't feel like we weren't able to go in or we was able to go in or we didn't speak in tongues in prayer. We feel like our prayers mean nothing. We have to stop doing that. God is not looking for perfect prayers. He's not looking for perfect prayers. As long as we're praying the will of the Father, of the Holy Spirit, we're praying the perfect prayer. 
Why I say it like that? Because only the Holy Spirit can pray the perfect prayer. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is the greatest intercessor there is. We're not the greatest intercessor. Even though we are called to be intercessors, the Holy Spirit is the greatest intercessor. We have to rely on the Holy Spirit. We have to rely on the Holy Spirit when it comes out of prayer. We can't just go into prayer any kind of way. We have to allow the Holy Spirit to pray through us. Because sometimes when we go into prayer, we don't even know what we're saying. But I remember so vividly, God will show me. And he's been showing me for a long time how powerful prayer is. Just like he's been showing me how powerful. Because in one dream, a few years back, the Lord showed me how powerful praise and worship is. The reason why... People don't come to church anymore. I don't even get, you know, they don't they don't become hungry and thirsty in worship anymore because of how timid, intimidated and how timid and how counterfeiting praise and worship has become. It's no more praise and worship. It's no more praise and worship in spirit and truth. It has now become performance. Performance. We have the women that are flipping their hair. It has become performance. Verily do you see the power of God moving through praise and worship. And majority of the time, it turns into shouting. Now, don't get me wrong. One thing about me, I love a good shout. But sometimes, why can't we just reverence the Father? Why we just can't bow down and worship? That's worship. That's worship. It's okay to shout. It's okay to dance. Even though that stuff don't move God, I mean, not will not move God, it don't move Satan, it don't move the enemy, it really don't move him. Because majority of the time when you're shouting, you shout right back into poverty, you, you shout right back into depression, you shout right back into sexual sin, you shout right back into the addiction to stronghold, because what do we do? After we've done got, after we done got finished shouting by, by Monday, talking about me too, by Monday we back in the same thing. Because we shout our problems away and then we end up shouting ourselves right back into the problem so shouting don't make the problem go away automatically but in our minds we think that it makes it go away but when are we going to become a people of God where we just lay prostrate before the Lord in worship and cry out forget about time forget about what's going on around us forget about who's watching us and truly worship The enemy does not like that kind of worship. He does not like that kind of worship. He does not. He likes the shouting. Because that don't really move him. That don't scare him. He likes it. But when we really worship God. Cry out to God. And just forget about the time. Meaning not worried about what's going on at home. Not worried about what you're going to cook when you leave the church. Putting your mindset on the Father. Not not worshiping Him for what He can do, but for who He is. And I believe that as we begin, if, if we really allow Holy Spirit, as we really allow the Father to, 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 to take us to that place of worship, to where we're worshiping the Father for who He is and not for what He can do, we will see a new level. We are supposed to be on a new level. And there's... But so many churches are experiencing this. But God wants us on a new level of worship. And not even a new level of worship. But a new dimension of worship. Or a new dimension of worship. That's what he wants. Half of the time, we're not even in a place of worship. We're just making a big noise. That don't move. That doesn't move God, nor does it move. When you're making a bunch of noise and you think it's worship, that doesn't really move God. And it does nothing to the enemy. Enemy knows worship. Remember, he used to be the worshiper in heaven. He knows worship. But a lot of us in the body of Christ don't know worship. And then some of us that come to church, we don't even know how to worship. We don't. When I mean the church, 
has fallen off. We as a people of Christ have fallen off. But we thank God for grace. We thank God for mercy. We thank God. We thank him. But now is the time for us as intercessors to get to a place where prayer is so important. The first thing that we do in the morning, pray. 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 When we go throughout the day, pray. Before we go to bed tonight, pray. We need prayer. Prayer is the strength that we need. We need prayer. I tell you, there were times when I was dealing with mental illness. I was dealing with depression. And I would just feel the urgency of the Father. Urging me to pray. And even though I was under my covers, hiding... Father, I don't want to pray. I don't feel like praying. I got up and I prayed. And I tell you, every time I went into prayer, when I left out of prayer, you guys, I I will forget why I was upset. And I will leave out with a new strength. And I will be so on fire. We need some Holy Ghost filled. God is looking for some Holy Ghost filled fiery intercessors. That no matter what you're going through, no matter what you are experiencing, You're ready. He need those prayer. Ready for battle warriors. Ready for battle warriors. Armed and ready intercessors is what the Father is looking for in this time and in this season. Armed and ready intercessors. So I encourage you, as I walk out of this topic, this, this point, it's time for us to be those intercessors that pray without ceasing. We pray in every season. We pray when we're not feeling like it, and we pray when we are feeling like it. But when we're not feeling like it, let God birth something. Let God do a new thing in you, intercessors. It's time for the intercessors to arise and be and do what God has called you to do and to be. It's time. Now, we're not going to really talk about Christian lifestyle because I already done talked about that a little bit. Basically, when it comes down to the fruits of the Spirit. We can't just sit here and say that we are Christians. Our walk, our talk, the way we live daily should prove that. And we don't even have to prove that we are Christians. We don't have to turn about we Christians. The way we walk, we live we talk, says everything. They can live, people, like literally, when you're living according to God's word and you're doing everything that the Father is telling you to do, people can see the glory of God on you. They can see the Father on you. Now, when it comes down to church, family, and families, the Lord did give me a revelation on this one, um, and He did. But like I was saying, when it came to the prayer life, so like I said, the Father. Has been showing me for a while how powerful in different settings in dreams and visions he has showed me how powerful prayer is because he wants us he wants us as intercessors to understand and know how powerful prayer is and I tell you in every vision and in every dream that the Lord has given me the move while in prayer has been so powerful so powerful. Now, when it comes down to church families and families, God wants us to experience powerful fellowship. Just like he wants us to experience powerful prayer lives and not powerless prayer lives, which if we even if we do, and this is this is my whole point of what I'm trying to tell you guys. If you are experiencing powerless moments in your walk with Christ, whether it's in worship, whether it's in prayer, whether it's, you know, in your relationship with God. Even though that's not God's desire for you and that's not a good thing, God is the greatest revivalist. God can revive and restore 
If you are experienced powerless in any part of your life, I'm not sitting here saying that if you're powerless, you're useless, you're no good. I mean, if you continue to want to live being a powerless Christian, then of course you're useless and no good. But if you're tired of being at that place in your life where I'm, I'm tired of these runarounds of being a powerless Christian, being a powerless intercessor, God is the greatest revivalist. God is the greatest restorist. The Father can re- re- revive you. The Father can deliver you. The Father can set you free. But in order for him to do it, you have to help yourself get to that place. And as you're helping yourself get to that place, the Father will do his part. Because he wants to revive the church. Because he wants to get the church to where the church needs to go to. So that when we enter into the last days that we're living in. But as we go further into the last days, especially into the end times. We will be strong. We will be ready. And we won't have to worry about anything. God wants us to have the boldness and the courage of David. One thing about David And I know I use David a lot in in my messages sometimes and sometimes I don't. But one thing about David, David was courageous. He had the fear of the father inside of him. He knew that those army clothes that that king gave him would not fit him. And all he did was go out there with a slingshot and a rock. And he killed Goliath. And not only did he kill Goliath with those rocks, but he killed Goliath with his own weapon. And the revelation that I want you to get out of that is the same way Goliath died by David, by David using his own weapon. That's how God wants to prove himself through you. God wants you to use the weapons of your warfare. Remember, they are not carnal, but they are powerful through the pulling down of strongholds. My God, from Zion. He wants you to use your weapons, the weapons that God has given you, the weapons that God has commissioned you with, the authority, the dominion, and the power. He wants you to use those weapons against every principality, every power, every demon, even the enemy himself. He has given you weapons. Your weapons are what? Prayer. Your weapons are what? Worship. Your weapons are what? Praise. And and, and most importantly, your weapon is what? The word of God. The word of God. This book right here is the word of God. And what God wants is for every believer, every intercessor to be filled. He wants the word of God to be hidden in your heart. So that when you're experiencing turmoil, when you're experiencing hasty situations... All you got to do is pull that word out like David did. And it would destroy and cut off the head of the enemy of your adversary. People of God, we have to understand that we are powerful than we think. Because the word is working in our favor. The word is powerful. The word of God says it's powerful like a two-edged sword. This word is powerful. That's why it's important that we consume our minds, that we consume our hearts, our spirit man, with the word of God. It's important that we starve the flesh and feed the spirit with the word of God because the word of God is important. The word of God is what's going to carry us and what is going to get us through. Not just worship. Yes, worship does it. Yes, praise does it. Yes, prayer. Um, yes, prayer do it. But in order for we to know these things, the word of God. This is our guide. This is our GPS. We need the word of God. The word of God is very important. It's strong. We need the word of the Lord. Well, you know, God said to me on yesterday as I was at work, a lot of us in our families, we are experiencing turmoil. We are experiencing generational curses. We are experiencing unforgiveness in our families. We are experiencing hatred in our family. We are experiencing all of these things. And they have been going on from generation to generation to generation. And God is trying to get the families to where he has designed for them to go. But families won't do it. Because families are stuck on the he say, she say stuff. They won't forgive. They can't even find it in their heart to forgive. And they hold grudges against each other. 
One thing that I want you to understand, and hear me clearly when I say this. You can preach heaven all day. You can preach the blood of Jesus all day. You can preach Jesus all day. If you do not repent, if you do not forgive and forget, you will not enter into the kingdom of heaven. You won't. Because there is no unforgiveness in heaven. There is no hatred in heaven. You cannot call yourself a child of God. And you have hatred in your heart for somebody. You have envy in your heart for someone. You have unforgiveness in your heart for someone. You are a liar if you call yourself a child of God. You are not a child of God. Because unforgiveness, envy, and hatred, these are not fruits of the Spirit. These are not fruits of the Spirit. Those are fruits of the, of the, of the flesh. And I also believe that those are dangerous sins as well. And then another thing, and this is one thing that the Lord convicted me with, especially when I was with my family on Thursday. We can't call ourselves children of God and we're not consistently praying for our families. We're, 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 we're not, you know, we're, we're entertaining conversations that we know are not godly or we're judging our families. You can't sit here and say, oh, I've been praying for you and you know you are a liar. If you are a child of God and you continue to play in gossip, you're not praying for your family. You're encouraging unforgiveness and all of these other things. You need to repent right now. You need to. You need to repent. It's our job as leaders and I know sometimes it's kind of hard to stay out of out of gossip because we don't want no family members being mad at us. But at this point in time, I, I don't care. I have been sent on assignment. You have been sent on assignment. Because God is using us to deliver people. To deliver people. Literally deliver people. Literally deliver people. Literally deliver people. Literally. We need to repent and we need to be on the wall interceding for our families, our friends, our loved ones. Especially those that don't want nothing to do with Christ. That they will receive him. And even if they don't, they're going to have to pay the price. Because after this life is over, you have two destinations. Whether you believe it or not, there is a heaven and there is a hell. If you refuse Christ, you go to hell. If you accept Christ, you go into heaven. But even if you accept Christ, but you still do what you want to do and you won't repent, you go into hell. That's, that's just straight common sense. But the Bible tells us that God gives you a, a door of opportunity to walk in repentance. Because he does not want you to perish. God doesn't want you to go to hell. Many people always say, why does a loving father send people to hell? God does not send nobody to hell. We send ourselves to hell. Why? Because we want to sin. We love to sin. We don't have to sin. Because we're not living by the law of sin anymore. That was the whole meaning, the whole purpose of Jesus Christ dying on the cross for you and I our sin. He paid the penalty, but yet we still want to sin. Yet we still want to do what we want to do. Yet we still want to participate. No one is wrong. And the difference between, as I walk into this last point, and after that, I'll be finished with you guys. The difference between a powerless church and a powerful church, I already told you guys the powerless church. But I want to encourage you and let you know that God is calling us to be a powerful church. And when we walk in a room, demons tremble. That all we got to say, excuse me, is the name of Jesus. And demons come out. That we 
truly spend authentic time in God's presence. That we are discerning when it is of God and when it's not God. You guys already know the difference between a powerless church and a powerful church. Right now, we're living in the time where we're seeing a powerless church, but God can revive. God can free. God can deliver a powerless people. And you can become powerful people. He can use you. He can most definitely use you. He can. And it's time for us as a people of God. It's time for us to be powerful. Powerful intercessors. Powerful psalmists. Powerful five-fold ministry leaders. We need to repent. We need to stop being okay with living in sin. We need to go spread the good news of Jesus Christ. We need to be always on the wall praying. We need to do our part. Because we all have been called and chosen by God. A couple of the days ago, I said, God could have you called, God could use a rich man, but he chose you. Those that would deem as unqualified. He chose you, adulterer. He chose you, fornicator. He chose you, alcoholic. He chose you, gang member. He chose you, thief. He chose you, lesbian. He chose you, homosexual. And I, don't, and I don't mean to say these things to be mean, because I'm not trying to be judgmental here. I'm letting you know, those of you that are in sin, and you know that there's a call in your life, he's choosing you. That's all I'm saying. He's choosing you. He is. Can you not hear the Father calling you? He's trying to save you from dangers seen and unseen. Because he wants to use you. Yes, the church said that you was unqualified because of what you're living in. The church don't matter. Stop letting church people keep you from getting to what God has for you. God can use anybody. God used a promiscuous woman in the Bible. God made the woman with the issue of blood whole and she was an unclean person. God saved a woman who was in the middle of committing adultery. And the Bible says that he's married to the backslider. So those various, those different lifestyles that I just called out, those are backsliding lifestyles. God has called you because he's married to you. He wants to save you. You're not an abomination. The lifestyle Yes, but you're not an abomination. I made a video on TikTok a couple of months ago. Because there's so many of you that has been in church and people have said that you are an abomination. The devil is a liar. Open your ears, people. Hear what the Father calls you. Man calls you that. God don't call you an abomination. God calls you blessed, worthy because his presence makes you worthy. He's extending his hands to deliver and set you free. Because he's called you to do a great work for his people and for his kingdom. He loves you. He loves the world, but the world refuses him on a daily basis. Because they want what the world offers. They don't want what Christ offers. Half of them don't even believe he's coming, but the Bible says when the Son of Man appears in the sky, when that day comes, every man, even those that persecuted him and pierced him, they shall see him. You cannot escape him when he comes through because you're going to see him. And you will. So all I can say is Let's 
be the church, the body of Christ that God has called us to be. Amen and amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Let's pray real quickly. I'm done. Father, in the name of Jesus, I give you glory, I give you praise, and I give you honor. For this is the day that you have made, and we choose to rejoice and be glad in it. Oh God, you are awesome, you are great, you are masters, and you are wonderful. And we bless your name. Father God, tonight as we come before you, I pray in the name of Jesus that you will cover this word and everything that's attached to me, Lord God. My job, anything, Lord God, that no backlash or retaliation will come. Father God, I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord God, that you will forgive us of our sins and of our wrongdoings in the name of Jesus, Father God. Set us free, O God. Lord God, help us, Lord God, to live the way you called us to live in the name of Jesus, Lord. Lord God, deliver us. Set us free, Lord God. And we're living, Lord God. And not if we're living, Father God, we are living in ungodly, unholy lifestyles, and we are in ungodly and unholy relationships, Father God. We're not being the people that you have called us to be, but Father, I pray that you will set us free in the name of Jesus, Father God, because whom the Son has set free is truly free indeed, God. Change our minds, change our hearts, give us a sober mind, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, Father. Lord God, let us become hungry and thirsty for more of you, for more of your glory, for more of your presence, for more of you in the name of Jesus, Father God. Like the songwriter said, fill us up, Father God. Lord, we need you. Father God, we praise you, Lord God. And I pray, Lord God, that we will be revived, that we will be restored and set free so we can be the powerful body that you've called us to be. Deliver us from being powerless and mold us into being powerful. So, Father, I give you the glory. I give you the praise and I give you the honor in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You are awesome. You are amazing. And you are the lover of our souls. And it's in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Well, blessings to you all. I thank you guys for tuning in, both audio and on Facebook, I mean on YouTube Live. Please join me back tomorrow night as I will have a guest speaker on. Until next time, believers, you guys be blessed. And let's be some powerful generational changers. In Jesus' name, amen.